This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today, uh, we're doing a topic suggested by wife of the show, Lori, called What Cheeses Are in Your Fridge? Woohoo! That's a catchy title. Or just, I, I was, I've been thinking of it as just, what cheeses? What cheeses? It's a kind of an existential question. Yeah, I think that sounds great. And, and depending on your inflection, it can mean so many different things. This show contains multitudes. Yes, of cheeses. Did you say of cheeses or of Jesus? <laughs> I said of cheeses. But, oh, you got to really but, enunciate that CH. That's that's true. Okay. So, Matthew, is there anything we need to say right off the bat? Right off the bat, I like cheese. Oh, good. Me too. Okay. Um uh Matthew, you did the agenda for this episode and I loved how many like different Sections? Uh, uh, different sections there were. It made me really think about the cheeses in my life. Okay. That's that's kind of the point. The the point isn't that like we we really needed to like we were running low on episode inventory and no, needed to come up with not. something. That's not the point. This no. was this was very pre what do you call it when you like plan a murder ahead of time? Premeditated. Premeditated. Yes. There you go. Okay, we had, well we had malice aforethought. Um, Matthew, what, let's go down memory lane. What cheeses did you grow up having in the fridge? Okay, I had to ask um, mom of the show, Judy Amster, for some help with this, because uh, I couldn't really remember, except I knew there was cheddar and string cheese. I was not okay. much of a string cheeser, but my brothers were. And hold uh, on, who who would the cheddar have been made by? Was it Tillamook? I think it was probably usually Tillamook, although I think probably depending on like the, the budget, uh, sometimes it would be store brand like Dairy Gold or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So according to according to Judy Amster, uh, cheddar string cheese, Kraft singles, of course, uh, Jarlsberg, which was my dad's favorite cheese, uh, cream cheese, and Borson. Ah. The only ones of these I would ever go near would be cheddar and Kraft singles as a kid. Okay, and the the cream cheese would this be used um, primarily on bagels? I think probably bagels and for making cheesecakes. Okay, and then what about the Borsen or Borsin? I don't know. I was surprised that that was that uh, that was a cheese that was. I, I don't think I knew that cheese existed before like 1998, but apparently it's been around since like the 50s. I don't it's know. So probably delicious. probably 
my parents would spread it on crackers or something. Did your parents have like, like when your when your parents got home from from their day, did they have like a cocktail and some like crackers with Borson? I mean, my dad would have a beer. Um, I. I do not remember, like, I feel like cheese and crackers would be a thing that, like, I wouldn't really have been into as a kid. I definitely wouldn't yeah. have been into a cheese spread. And just, like, it would be like, if, if it was going on, like, I would tune it out as just kind of like a boring adult thing that I didn't care about. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, okay. che- cheese and crackers and sex. Yeah. Who cares about those things? <laughs> Ugh. Um, but now, but now, that I'm, now that I'm fully grown, it turns out both of those things are good. I'll have to try them. You should. Okay. okay. Guess what All next right. week's episode is going to be. <laughs> okay. So um, in, in my childhood fridge, there was always Velveeta because my dad oh, used sure. it to make mac and cheese. Smart. Um, there was also always cheddar, some kind of orange, sharp cheddar, but I don't know what the brand would have been. Um, there was always cottage cheese. Because this oh. was the 80s. Yeah. And I loved cottage cheese, and so did my mom. I think I think there was cottage cheese in my fridge sometimes, too. Like, that would have been something I, w- I was genuinely scared of as yeah. a kid. No, like, it's... in the same way I was scared of, like, killer bees. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that that, no, those right. are the main two things. Okay. There, I'm pretty sure there was occasionally string cheese because I remember eating string cheese as a kid. I have like a very visceral memory of like kind of poking my fingernail into the top, the, like the, the short end of the stick and kind of pulling yeah, of a course. chunk of cheese down. You really got the short end of the stick. As the short kid. end of the stick. <laughs> um, and I, of course, there was occasionally cream cheese, always Philadelphia, always right. Philadelphia. Uh, but never whipped cream cheese. That is something that I've come to really enjoy as an adult. Okay, I that's not something that I that I like buy or really eat, but I really like the packaging and like the assortment of flavors that are available. I also like the ease of of access because like a block of Philadelphia cream cheese is so messy to deal with if you're not going to use it all at oh, once. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the packaging is horrible. I'm putting them like, on it blast. sticks to the foil. Yeah, you're really putting them on blast. This is well, like a, f- a former advertiser. They might not come back because of what you said about their packaging. Well, I love the product. I mean, I've okay. been eating it for all of my decades on but this But it should earth. come in a squeeze bottle. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That I really can't stand. You know what if I you, love? You know when you – hold on, Matthew. Yeah. You know when you're like at the airport and, and you're desperate and you get like a bagel and cream cheese or something and they give you like a squee- like a little squeezy packet like you would get of ketchup but it's but filled cream with cheese? cream cheese? That makes me want to die. Like that is so gross. Huh. I never put cream cheese on anything but like if I did, I feel like that would be kind of fun to squeeze it out of a packet. Ugh. Well, you know how Philadelphia has a little bit of like a shine to it? Yeah. Okay, so the shine is even a more sheen. pronounced, a sheen, when you squeeze it out of like a thin, like foil-lined, squeezy thing. I can't, but I don't like But is it bad it. to have a shine? I don't like that. I don't want it to be shiny. No. What, no how did no, you feel no. about the movie Shine? I with Jeffrey Rush. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it either. But it's is about, that the I think one where there's a player? part where he's jumping on a trampoline or something? Like that's the freeze frame everybody sees? No, you're thinking of uh, of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> Secret of the Black Pearl. <laughs> Curse of the Black Pearl? I don't know. Hold on. 
Matthew, I'm not done talking about my memory lane, though. I know it seems like that episode airs. Like I, at a recent episode, I said I thought Spider Man was like part of one of the comic universes, but I was wrong. It was the other one, and like I thought I was going to get so many emails about that. So either that episode hasn't aired yet, or like people People have chilled out about comic books. Right. I, I feel like I can't. I can't talk about cheeses of my childhood fridge. Sure without you can. That's what our show's all about. Without mentioning Mediterranean imports. Yes. Because this was the first time that I ever encountered cheese that was cut to order. You know? Yes. Especially, I mean, like yeah. growing up in Oklahoma in the 80s, like there was no, like there was no like French cheese shop or anything ridiculous like that. When Mediterranean imports came on the scene, it felt revolutionary that you would like they would cut the cheese to order. Yeah. And what I particularly remember was my parents coming home with a block of feta from there because um, you would go up to the counter where the cash register was and they had feta in these long loaves. Um, okay. And they would sit in like a tray of of you know sort of milky looking brine. And this and, was, oh yeah yeah. And they would they would sort of hold the knife over the block, and you would be like, okay, a little to the right, a little to the left. You tell them how thick a slice to cut. <laughs> and then and then yeah, they that's, that's how I do it too. Like a little to the right, up. a little faster. <laughs> they'd wrap it up in like this little plastic bag with a twist tie at the top. And so the cheeses from there were always in a plastic bag, never like never plastic wrapped. They were always in a plastic bag with a twist tie. I always think of that. Um, I do like storing cheeses in a Ziploc bag today. I like much. storing cheeses in a Tupperware. Yeah, sure. Like my own little cheese cave. I'm so glad I've been to Mediterranean Imports. Right? Yeah. And they I wish still- I could have gone to Crescent Market. They still have like real, like regular cash registers there. Old school cash registers are so cool. We, right? I think we've talked about this before, but when I'm when I'm in Japan, there's this little stationery shop that my family loves to shop at, Stationery Ochi, and they have a section of this is time it's in clocks. the Sun Mall, right? It's in the Sun Mall. Okay, they have a, a, a section. I don't like like. I guess if you're like have a small business, maybe you need a time clock for your employees to like clock in and out of with their time cards. I assume like like that is sort of like the old fashioned thing, kind of old fashioned thing that I imagine definitely still happens in like small shops in Japan. And these time clocks are such beautiful industrial objects. Like I, you know, they cost probably like over a hundred dollars. And like every time I go in there, I think like, I think like I want to, I kind of want one of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, Matthew, let's talk about the cheeses that we always try to have on hand now. Okay. Like, for not me, necessarily what you have in the fridge today, but what you always right. try to have. Should I, like, name all of mine and then you'll name all of yours? Or are we going to, like, go back and forth like, like a, we're doing, like, a draft pick? You go ahead and start because I think that um, we're, there's going to be some overlap. So I'll jump in. Okay. Uh, sharp cheddar, almost always Tillamook, uh, sometimes Cabot. And is it the one, the, the Tillamook one that's like in the red plastic yeah, wrapping? That's yes. the one. If the um, baby loaf, the two pound loaf is on sale, we'll get that. If it's not, then the uh, one pound package is cheaper and we'll get that. Mm, I really like, I mean, I love very sharp cheddars, but that particular Tillamook is the best one for melting and for Absolutely. eating. Don't you think? Yeah. Just the regular Tillamook sharp cheddar. Okay. Go on. Uh, mozzarella, uh, whole milk, low moisture mozzarella. Okay. Although I have to say, like, I usually will try and insist on whole milk mozzarella, but like during the pandemic, sometimes all we've been able to get is like a two pound block of Kroger low moisture part skim mozzarella, which is 
absolutely not bad at all. Oh, really? I yeah. accidentally bought part skim mozzarella at one point during the pandemic, and I was so bummed. It was not yeah, no, as good. I thought it was fine. Ugh. Okay, go on. Parmigiano Reggiano. Yes. Or or Grana Padano, but usually Parmigiano Reggiano. Usually we'll get a chunk from from the QFC counter or Trader Joe's. Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, so yeah, I, I buy the same cheddar you do. I also always keep Parmigiano Reggiano or Grana around. I have a question. Yeah. How do you pronounce the word P-A-R-M-E-S-A-N? Parmesan. Me too. And someone at work made fun of me the other day for saying Parmesan and, and not Parmesan. I feel like if you're going to say it the American way, just say it the American way, which is Parmesan. Parmesan. Like either I'm going to go full on Italiano and be like Parmigiano Reggiano, or I yeah. think I'm going to say Parm or Parmesan. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm writing on the shopping list, I'll write Parm. Yeah, I write parm too, or grana. I always keep pecorino around, pecorino romano, because yeah, that's good I like, stuff. I like to be able to make cacio e pepe anytime I want. And if I've got parm and if I've got pecorino, I, I like to make cacio e pepe with both. I so. yeah, for me, for me, usually pecorino like straight in a recipe is too strong for me, and so I like to mix it up okay. with some parm. Okay, I also like to keep feta around. I tend to, I, I like cheeses that store for a long time so that I can Me forget too. about them and then find them again. And that is not <laughs> the case. And then it feels like your birthday. Yes. That is not the case so much with feta, but it keeps for long enough. And the other thing is my child really likes cucumber and she will like absolutely chow down on a salad of cucumber and feta and like just my regular vinaigrette that I make and keep in a jar on the counter. Wow. And so it's like a, a kind of slam dunk kid vegetable for I us. I don't think you could get me to eat that salad. Really? Because I don't cucumber like feta. Oh, okay. Although All I right. had something with feta. Well, when we did the Spanakopita episode, like that's got a lot of feta in it. I did like that. So I don't know. It's kind of concealed in Spanakopita. It's kind of concealed. Anyway, um, what cheeses kind of, do you conceal from people? I consider feta to be a cheese that I am a little bit picky about, though. Like, I mm -hmm. can be kind of grossed out by it. And some feta I really don't like. I tend to buy Valbreso brand feta. Okay. Which um, some grocery stores, like some sort of higher-end grocery stores, like have almost sort of in like a bulk thing near the olives. Okay. Uh, one of my local or some of my local stores do, but I can, you can also buy it just like wrapped in a plastic thing in the packaged cheeses often. So anyway, right. yeah, I mean, I'm Val still not going to buy it, but I think, I think some of our listeners will be pleased to know how to buy a good feta. Um, I also, especially during the warmer months of the year, I try to always have like a little, a little, you know, deli container of fresh mozzarella in the fridge. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. I, I don't know, buy that as often as I should. Here's the thing. If I've got a loaf of bread uh, or some like even leftover starting to go stale bread and I've got a ball of mozzarella and I've got like maybe some sort of vegetable or olives or something, like I've got lunch. Like, yeah, that sounds good. Torn up fresh mozzarella, olive oil, salt, maybe a little bit of pepper. Like, so 
Yeah. Even when if you, you don't tear have... up your mozzarella, do you do it in sort of like an animalistic way with like like rip it apart with your talons? Yeah, and I scream the whole time I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it is wild. Okay, so if you become a, a subscriber at the $75 a month <laughs> level, we'll send you a video of that. <laughs> okay, but lastly, so I, I keep a lot of cheeses around if I can. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, lastly, I want to mention double cream Gouda, which is like, it's not an artisanally made cheese, but you usually find it like in the fancy cheese section, cut in like the wedges. Like the fancy cheese island at yeah, the, the supermarket? Yeah, the fancy cheese island. I love that fancy cheese island. And what I love about this cheese is, you know, it's it's kind of, it's a semi-firm like cheddar, mm-hmm. but it's got kind of a creamier feeling in your mouth. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I like that it's not crazy expensive for a cheese that feels a little special. Yeah, I know what you so, mean. So, yeah, because it's... I have it's, I have one on my list that, that feels very special to me, but is not at all expensive. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what we had in the, in the fridge as a kid that my mom didn't mention was laughing cow cheese. Oh, I would eat that all the time cow. as a kid. And like we talked about, I think we did an episode where we ate laughing cow cheese. I don't know if it was devoted to that cheese or what, but like when I was a kid, they sold it in like a package of like tiny individually wrapped cubes. I remember that. That seems yeah. so dumb. It was so dumb, and I loved them. That was like a, a favorite snack when I was a kid. I don't remember ever getting the cubes, but I do remember the wedges and the, the thrill of opening them when they opened well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because they cause it was like top and bottom foil kind of, right? Or am I thinking yeah, of something there was, else? I think there's like a little red pull tab. And okay, it's, right, it's, of course. I think the whole thing is wrapped in foil, but there's something about the texture of the cheese that like... If you do it just right, you can pop the whole triangle out of there. Sure. No, the the little cubes each had an individual red pull tab. And could you manage to get the stuff out of there without, like, mutilating the cube? I could. Wow. I was a very dexterous child. (sighs) Wow. VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. So this is what I aspire to have on hand. But what do you actually have in your fridge today, Matthew? Okay, are you ready? Yes. There are seven cheeses in my fridge today. Go, go, go. Um, And there were eight until we finished off some Fontina recently. Okay. Okay. Uh, Whole milk mozzarella. Okay. Tillamook sharp cheddar, uh, sliced American cheese from the deli counter, which I do think is better than Kraft Singles. Okay. A tub of pub cheese, which is a favorite snack and sometimes lunch for wife of the show, Lori. Ah, okay. Mascarpone, which I want to discuss whether it is a cheese or not. Okay. Pepper Jack, which uh, is great for snacking or grilled cheese sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And probably currently my number one favorite cheese, Trader Joe's Unexpected Cheddar. Ah! the unexpected cheddar you've mentioned that uh sometimes i call it unexplained cheddar and sometimes i forget whether the real name is unexplained cheddar or unexpected (laughs) cheddar but either way 
I currently have a Tupperware that has my Pecorino in it. I have like a brand new Pecorino that I haven't opened yet and kind of a little like butt end of one. Mm-hmm. And in that Tupperware, I also have the butt end of a, a really like cheap grana. I think I might have bought it at Trader Joe's. Okay, so you got a tub of full of butts. I got a tub full of butts. I also have Parmigiano Reggiano, which it, it like... I don't always have it. I, I often default to getting grana because it's Wait, cheaper. And I we have Parmigiano Reggiano, and I didn't put it on this list. We have eight cheeses. I just forgot to put it down. You are insane. Okay, so I've got grana. I've got Pecorino Romano. I've got Parmigiano Reggiano. I've got Tillamook Sharp Cheddar, just like you, Matthew. I've got a tub of Philadelphia whipped cream cheese. Okay. I've got a Tupperware of... Whole milk, low moisture mozzarella that is starting to mold, and which I'm going to get mm-hmm. rid of after this episode. I yeah, like, like of all the cheeses that we keep on hand, like mo- mozzarella uh, is the most perishable, but I do use it pretty, get through it pretty quickly, so I, I, I don't usually have a problem. I buy it for something like lasagna or stuffed shells or something like that, and inevitably only need part of the the package, and so then I like kind of shove the rest into like a deli container. And inevitably forget that it's there and it molds. And I feel yeah, I just make it. pizza all the time. Okay. Uh, the other cheese that I have that I, I don't usually have is Mimolette, which is a French cow's milk cheese. Uh, if you see a whole one, it looks like a cantaloupe. And it's usually sold in wedges, cut up. Uh, and it looks, I mean, it is bright orange and it's hard like Parmesan. Uh, we had some on our cheese plate episode. Doesn't doesn't it the when you see it whole? Doesn't it sort of have like a nipple, like an onion dome kind of? Or am I thinking of something? Doesn't else? have a nipple. That's tet tet de moine, or okay, maybe there's something that does have a little nipple. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, I've got some mimolette right now, and I'm all out of double cream gouda because we had friends visiting this past weekend, and you gouded them up. Time since COVID began, and uh, my friend Ben really liked the double cream gouda, and we ate it all. That's great. Yeah. Um, so I have yep. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have seven. And you're you're coming over next week. I am. I'm coming over a week from today, Matthew. We're going to record in person. I know. It's going to be real weird. (sighs) Matthew, what else do we need to discuss about cheeses in our fridge? Do you have any aspirational cheeses that you wish wish you had in your fridge but don't? So I'll tell you. So fancy little aged goat cheeses Mm -hmm. are one of my favorite things, and they're so ridiculous to buy. It's like... $11.99 for this little thing of cheese. It's like the oxtail of cheese. It's the oxtail of cheese. But when I am feeling flush and I purchase one of these for myself, I feel better about my whole life because the cheese is so good. It infuses its goodness into my being. Yeah, I know what you mean. I love it so much. Um Mm. I don't know why I don't, you know, just like budget for it and buy it more often because the truth is I never waste that cheese. Like, no, I you should have you should like add a, a budget category just for goat cheese. I should like you could $50 do it. a month for my <laughs> weekly goat cheese purchase. But yeah, aged goat cheese, not the fresh I mean, stuff. if you're really going to get it every week, maybe there's like a goat cheese subscription service. Like if you run a goat cheese cons- conscription service, conscription service. Get, in, get in touch. Like you can advertise on spilled milk um that sounds excessive but i i wouldn't mind yeah but 
<laughs> but by making a budget category for goat cheese isn't excessive? No, no. I no. mean, I was saying that, like, you know, the whole thing sounds excessive. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. No, this is okay. No, wait, this, do you have res- an aspirational cheese? Do I have an aspirational cheese? Telegio. Like, every time we've ever had oh, yes. Telegio in the house, like, it's so good and so creamy and and uh, like it's got just the right level of funk to it for me, but oh, I like love it. yeah, like I need to like go out to the fancy cheese counter and then like pay a bunch for it and then like you know make sure to like eat a bunch of it over before it goes bad, which is which happens pretty quickly. But the thing is, it, it, I I mean I think what both of you. Both of you. Look, I'm outside myself right now. Uh-huh. Oh, no. are you astrally projecting? <laughs> what both of us are saying here is that there is something about um, a really good cheese eaten just in an ordinary everyday scenario that feels <laughs> when you, so good. Uh, like, when you started it, to say ordinary, I thought you were going to say orgiastic. No. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. I, I've I've never used that word. Um I should start. You should anyway, start. but yeah, no, I mean if you have Telegio around, don't you feel like it's like a special day? Yes. And you somehow savor that moment like more than you do other delicious foods? I do. Yeah. I mean it's like the I, I talked about last week the fancy crackers that we got for eight dollars a bag. Like they just I like I'm gonna remember that fancy cracker day for, for the rest of my life. Yeah. I think that you talked about the fancy crackers off air actually before we started oh. recording. <laughs> That's probably true. Well, we got some fancy, expensive, fancy cracker sourdough crackers from a from a local artisan sour, uh, cracker pop up, and they Those were are very aspirational good. Crackers. They were very, extremely aspirational crackers. But yeah, I, we we should do a, a homemade cracker episode because I want to try and make sourdough crackers. Okay, great. I'll be right over. Okay, so this this episode this is just, just a little palate cleanser, <laughs> like, uh, and uh, but I I'm happy about it. I'm thrilled with us. And we'll still do segments. You know what? I think I think next week we need to have like a serious talk about whether it's time to like call some segments. Yeah, now that we're coming out of the pandemic, the 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 segments they all Like segments got us through. Segments but like got do us we still through. need them? I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe listeners could write in and and talk to us about the segments and their feelings about them. Maybe listeners might have ideas for other segments that maybe I mean, would th- would feel new and fun. That's true. Like I mean, with chili chat, we could always do chili chat. I forgot it's a segment where two where two friends talk about chili. <laughs> okay. uh, All right, or about, about like what you do on a cold day, like how you layer. That could okay. also be chili chat. So Matthew, uh, do we have any spilled mail? No, send, send us some um, contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Do we have a okay. cute animal you need to know? We do have a cute animal. I really, I, I texted you yesterday as I was deciding which cute animal we were going to do because I, I wasn't, I can't believe we haven't done this yet. So what I want to share with you, Matthew, is is owl legs in general. <sighs> I think everyone should see owl legs because they're actually quite long. So we'll link to like a post on some humor site where they've got a lot of photos of owls. But so not only do owls have really long legs. Are you scrolling down, Matthew? Yes, I love this. Like <gasps> these, the, the legs are shockingly long. This one that's taking off into, into flight is is so weird and, and majestic. It's like a gray <gasps> owl. Look at, but aren't these legs like um, teddy bear legs? They're yeah, so they are. feathery and fluffy. 
I Look love at these animals. Legs. This one that's like stalking, like a, like like one leg raised, like it's marching. Like, I love I'm gonna, this one. I'm gonna give you what's for. Yes, um, I love that. We'll link to this in the show notes. Like something I love is is animals that are super cute and also like murderously violent. And I think owls are a perfect example. Whoa, God! Did you scroll down further? There's another one that's marching around, and wow, right, does this owl mean business? Oh yeah, the one Look that's marching like out. directly toward the camera. Um, no, this one's marching a bit off to the right, but there mm. is one that's marching directly to the camera. And there's, here's one marching off to the left. Wow. People, <laughs> everyone's going to write in to say how much they love this segment. No, because... but se- <laughs> no, but seriously, Matthew, look at how long their legs are. I know. I like how it says they have unnecessarily long legs as if they, like, they evolved long legs <laughs> just for fun. I want to put out there that I think there's one that has like four what look like baby owls or pygmy owls. And I'm pretty sure they're needle felted stuffed animals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This is not real. Uh huh. No, These are straight up needle felted. This yeah. is a craft project. It is a craft. Yeah. This this they this is like a museum exhibit from like the 70s. Whereas like, you know, we this is the technology we have and we can't get real owls. So Hold on. Yeah, I love this. Somebody did point out one of these photos is actually felted wool sculptures, not actual owls. <laughs> oh, I think we know which one. Um, anyway, look at these owls. They're like somewhere. Th- these legs are so long and shapely and they're they're like a cross between Big Bird's legs. Remember Big Bird? Mm-hmm. Yes, Big of course Bird I remember Big legs. Bird. But also like teddy bear legs. <laughs> I've I've moved on to the to the uh, page page on the same side of uh, uh, disappointed owls silently judging your poor life choices. Okay, Matthew, it's your turn for now. But wow, now but wow. This week, uh, there is a great new graphic novel uh, by friend of the show Tamiko Numura and mm. uh, Frank Abe. Uh, illustrated by Ross Ishikawa and Matt Sasaki. Sasaki, it's called We Hereby Refuse Japanese-American Resistance to Wartime Incarceration. And it is uh, it's a graphic novel about three people who resisted Japanese incarceration dur- during wo- World War II. It is compulsively readable, and it focuses on not just a part of American history that is that is ignored too often, but like a particular aspect of that that is a story that I have never really heard told in this way before. Wow. And it's, and it's a true story. Fantastic. Okay, so we'll link to that. We'll link to the owl legs. And um, and our producer, our long-suffering producer, is Abby Circatella. Yeah, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can you can also talk to other spilled milk listeners, or maybe even suggest a segment. Tell us what you like or don't like about segments. Uh, yeah, I'm, on- I'm a little nervous that I'm going to get emails from a lot of people who don't like segments, but that's okay. We no, asked for no, it. let's re-record this then. No, Tell no, no, us- no. It's it's fine. No, no, it's okay. I, I need to know. And like, and then like, if we feel like we're tired of segments and we want an excuse to do fewer segments, we can we can uh, just uh, point out that a lot of people didn't like them. Great. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, go to reddit.com/r/ everything spilled milk to chat with fellow spilled milk listeners, and uh, it's a lot of fun over there. Uh, and until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show with disturbingly human-like butts. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster-Burton.
Uh, there's also frogs with human-like butts. Okay. On this website. Oh, these butts are right. so human-like. This is a little intense for me. I don't recommend this one. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 